Welcome to the Aging Gracefully Podcast. I'm Janae Anderson. And I'm Mary Thompson. Join us as we explore the myths, beliefs, and realities of aging to empower each of us to thrive on all levels every moment of our lives. Mary, I have a personal question for you. Okay, it seems like that's all we get on this podcast are personal <laughs> questions. Well, what you got? It's about 11 in the morning. Okay, yes. And my question for you is, have you had your morning bowel movement yet today? Oh, that is a personal question. <laughs> <laughs> no, I didn't. I didn't go this morning. I, I did weigh myself and I noticed my weight was slightly higher and I thought, oh good, after I have bowel movement, then I would not <laughs> weigh less. Oh, you and I had the same morning. <laughs> Oh, that's funny. So we're going to talk about bowel movements today? We're going to talk about bowel movements. Okay, uh, let's in, do in it. Particular, in, particular. in particular, this episode is entitled, How to Do a Bowel Movement. Oh my gosh. Well, this you, sounds like fun. I think, yeah. I, helped, I think I helped pick the title. I'm acting surprised. But, I think... <laughs> <laughs> but the thing is, I mean, bowel movements used to be really natural. Mm -hmm. Things change. I mean, I have a history of constipation. So... For me, I got really good in my 50s with good, normal, daily elimination. Very proud of myself. Very, very proud. But things have shifted kind of back. Mm. Drier, harder, more difficult to pass. Now, are you blaming yourself, like the way you gave yourself credit? Or are you blaming age? Oh, wow, that's a good <laughs> question. I think I'm blaming myself more often. I have a number of factors that contribute to it. So hypothyroidism tends to create constipation. Um, and my age, and then my history. Mm -hmm. And so I think I like to blame all these outside factors. Like it's not really something I'm doing. It's, it re absolves me of any kind of responsibility for it. But I think at the heart of it, that there certainly are, when I, uh, there are certainly are times when I'm having a good day, when I'm having good, easy elimination, that I look back and think, oh, I did this and I did this. So I know that I'm responsible in some way. Hmm. How about right. you? you? I tend to blame myself, but you know, it is a fact. I mean, it's one of the most common, one of the things that those of us who are aging have in common is the fact that things are slowing down in the digestive area mm -hmm. and constipation is more prevalent. Mm -hmm. You know, I've noticed it. I actually want to say my digestive system, I've actually noticed more um, the sluggishness in my digestive system, it becoming slower because I'm getting more hyperacidity and I'm getting more digestive disturbance. And I wonder if it's because constipation was such a big issue for me in my 30s and 40s that that seems normal. Wow. You know, but all of a sudden this hyperacidity or sour belching or whatever you want to call it, indigestion is new. And so I think it's all the same thing though, that we have this, this whole channel that's connected from our mouth to the anus and things just aren't moving through as quickly and easily as they would have in the past. Yeah, so let's go over, I mean, we talked a little bit about things slowing down in the digestive system, but I mean, really what's happening um, is that the peristalsis contractions, you know, kind mm -hmm. of like squeezing a toothpaste tube, um, are slowing down, and that causes food to move more slowly through the colon. More water is getting absorbed from food waste, and... Voila, constipation. <laughs> you know, for me, I wonder what's causing peristalsis to slow down. Now, we could go, oh, because of aging, but then what's the thing? What drives peristalsis? And for me, two things come into mind. One is the nervous system, 
maybe my nervous system is so busy dealing with everything else, stress and my own thoughts, <laughs> all the worries I have, it's going to deal with all that. And so it's not putting as much attention to something that should be just taking care of itself. And the second is the strength and tone of the smooth muscle. You know, is it not responding? Is my nervous system doing its job of saying, go ahead, pulse, go ahead, squeeze. And my muscles going, meh, I don't want to. Well, our muscles are changing, right? Yeah. They're losing their firmness. <laughs> this is a sad discussion so far. <laughs> I, I was going to talk about waking because I got this, this slow peristalsis. That means more nutrition gets absorbed from my food, which means I'm taking in more calories than I would have normally been because it's going in more slowly. Oh. And maybe that's contributing to some of that middle age spread. Maybe it is. Waking as well. Wow. So this is a depressing, depressing podcast. <laughs> we'll see We'll see if we can bring it up a little bit. I if mean, we can I mean, find something to do about this stuff. We will. Okay. Let's just go a little more into what, okay. what can cause these changes beyond the fact that things are slowing down. As a wedding officiant, before a wedding starts, I notice that my mouth gets dry and... Um, various physiological functions happen and I know that there is nothing in the world that could make me do a bowel movement in that time and it's because you know all all the system all the functions are geared toward me what what appears to be surviving you know right. make, making this wedding happen and so digestion just kind of goes by the wayside so it mm -hmm. is true if we're stressed Right. If our well, focus is really elsewhere and we're on hyper alert or in crisis, digestion is going to pay the price. Right. It's going to take the back seat yeah. to take care of whatever you got to take care of in the moment. And that's exactly what I was thinking is, as you were describing it, it was all sympathetic nervous system, fight or flight. And don't you think it's funny that are we do that? We're going to do something that we're good at, that we've been asked to do that people want us to do. I mean, it's not even like you were stepping into a situation and go, I'm gonna go out there and I'm gonna do something nobody wants me to do and I feel nervous about it. But it's, it's funny to me that even at our age, we still build up energy around doing things that we're, we do all the time or that we're really good at. Yeah, yeah, that's true. It's always a bit of an adrenaline rush and a bit right. of a fear thing. And mm -hmm. I've, I've heard actors say the same thing. You know, right. That no matter how accomplished they are, when it's their time to go out on stage, there's the butterflies. Today's, today's the day yeah, I today. drop my pants. <laughs> or but, you just want it, for me, I mm -hmm. just I want it to be everything the couple wants it to be. Mm -hmm. And so I think playing on that and how that impacts elimination, that then, okay, now I can't go because I've got the nerves up. Do you find, I think this is true, and I've seen it kind of stereotypically in people as we age, that we're often put into this fight or flight response, maybe doing things we're, we've been doing for years and years. We're driving down the street and all of a sudden, wow, things are moving a little bit faster than we're used to. And you know, there's a little bit of a, a fear in that. Oh, or we might be, you know, doing some familiar thing and we catch ourselves, oh, wait, wait, what's going on? Or did I forget my appointments or whatever the thing is? I wonder if we're also not generating a little bit more stress trying to live as fast as we had been, and if that little bit of stress that we're creating is leading to some of this as well. I wouldn't be surprised if that's another factor. Mm -hmm. Now, here's a big factor. Um, as we get older, we tend to use more medication, right? Yeah. And medication naturally has mm -hmm. an effect on the digestive system and uh, can cause constipation. Slow the mm -hmm. gut down. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah, and there are a lot of times the medications they use for common conditions of aging. 
such as blood pressure medication or opiates mm-hmm. for pain, mm-hmm. that they're just going to stop everything. Yeah. And then, you know, it's I always think it's kind of funny when you go and you're taking a medication and then they give you a second medication to deal with the side effect of the first medication. It's like, oh, here, we need to put you on opiates for that pain, but here's some stool softeners and laxatives to make sure that you keep going. And I, it's just a kind of a, a sad statement of our times. It is. We have to do that. It is. Uh, inactivity, we tend to get less active as we get older. And yeah. Yeah, activity is, is huge for getting the bowels to move. And, you know, if you're mm-hmm. on bed rest for any reason, boy, that can be kind of lethal mm-hmm. <laughs> for the gut. It's something I see all the time, or I used to say it all the time to my students, is lack of muscle tone anywhere is lack of muscle tone everywhere. So if I don't have good muscle tone in my digestive system, then I probably am lacking muscle tone in my skeletal muscles and my other smooth muscles. And it's funny to think that by exercising, even going for a walk, I'm working skeletal muscles, but that's going to strengthen my smooth muscles as well. I mean, that's just, it's just wonderful that the body's built like that. Wow. That's a great way to think of it. Mm -hmm. So when you're walking, you're not just doing this for the legs and the heart. Right. You're also massaging all those internal organs and getting the body ready for strengthening the responding to those nerve signals and getting smooth muscle better able to respond as well so i think that's kind of exciting that is exciting there see <laughs> already we're we're sounding better things are looking up well, i always need solutions i get i get bogged down in problems and descriptions and so solutions saying oh i could exercise more something as simple as walking yeah and i can walk yeah um and i want to talk a little bit later about yoga postures and, mm-hmm. and its effect on constipation. Oh, terrific. Okay, not drinking enough fluids. Uh-oh, wait a uh, second. Water break, water break. Oh, me too, me too. Ready? Be noisy. Mmm. Ah. That felt so good. <laughs> <laughs> I hope you all took time to hydrate there when we went to Well, you know, I think it's some of the medications people are on have, have like a diuretic property. Like blood pressure medication can be diuretic, and that's going to pull water out of the system. And that's water that you don't have to keep the stool soft, that we need a soft stool. You said something about toothpaste earlier. And I always think like good peristalsis and good elimination is like regular toothpaste. You squeeze the tube and it comes right out. And then when our stool dries out, it's more like we filled the toothpaste tube up with pebbles. And then you go to squeeze the tube and, and nothing really moves. That you sounds have... painful. I know. <laughs> okay. okay, they're not, not totally pebbles. They're kind of <laughs> soft pebbles. And now you squeeze that toothpaste tube and it doesn't, nothing can go. Mm. And so how did the toothpaste go from that soft, smooth toothpaste into this hard mass? It's because all the water came out of it. Right. And as I understand it, it's water in particular, right? It's not like soda or juice or, I mean, it's Mm -hmm. water in particular that really um, helps things move. Yes. And I would kind of go a step and say any non-diuretic drink. So coffee's diuretic, so it doesn't count. Wine is diuretic, it doesn't count. Beer's diuretic, it doesn't count. Some juices are diuretic. So celery juice or parsley juice or things like this have diuretic properties. But not all juices, so like carrot juice. You get a lot of fluid from that. You also get some fiber, but it's gonna be, so you could do it. Um, not Not all fluids are bad, but any fluids that pull more fluid out of your body those are ones you'd have to really limit. Or I usually advise that people, if they're drinking a cup of coffee, to match it with water. Right. Um, the other thing is you can sneak water into your food. You know, a bowl of oatmeal, that's mm-hmm. oats that have been soaking in water, soup, 
there are a lot of rice, mm -hmm. many ways to actually drink while you eat if you're if you have trouble drinking enough. Right, because like you know, it's funny to me because I've heard people say, oh, "I just don't like the taste of water," and it's it's always so funny to me because like, but it doesn't have a taste. Yeah, I agree. But putting a drop of something in it or steeping a little bit of peppermint leaf in it or something might make yeah. it more. Squeeze some lemon. Mm -hmm. You yeah. might like that better. Yeah. And then there's, of course, diverticular disease, which about half of us age 60 and over have some kind of diverticulosis. Yeah. And that's, you know, what's funny is it's because constipation, you know, it's, it's our history determines our present. And if we've had some problems moving the bowel, we end up with difficulty with diverticulosis as well. See, this is, this is what gets me. So this is an article here, and it says, I tell my pa patients that it's all part of aging of the colon. And I just, oh, I, that drives me crazy in a doctor's office when you have something. And they say, well, for a woman your age. <laughs> and it's just like, I don't think that that's right. I think that they should offer me some hope. <laughs> I used to think that wasn't right until the doctor told me that I was high-risk pregnancy, and he was right. Yeah, but I was older than you. I know, I know, but you, so. you didn't have that personally humbling experience yes. that I had. Right, and so I agree. Well, well, it was true in that one instance. He may have said that to a hundred women, and it was true 70, seven, or, seven or eight times out of those hundred, but the other people went away feeling bad about themselves. That's a good point. I mean, I was told that when I was 28 and I had to get glasses. And I had to, and I said, why do I need glasses? All of a sudden he goes, well, you're getting a little older. And I was like, I'm 28. <laughs> That's just I, wrong. I, I, it's really wrong. Yep. Okay, so uh, ulcers. Mm -hmm. Can you say a little bit about ulcers? Well, all I can say about ulcers is I don't want one. <laughs> but ulcers are, they're kind of emblematic, too, of this sluggishness in the digestive system. Mm. That Well, ulcers have a bacterial component, H. pylori. And so if we're digesting well and everything's moving through the system just the way it's supposed to, there's not going to be enough time for the colonization of bacteria. Like it's going to be the body's going through its routine of build up the mucus, release the hydrochloric acid, and get everything going. And then at the end, it kind of shuts down shop and you're good to go. But if there's stagnation in the system, going right back to that sluggish peristalsis, now we're kind of stuck with this food kind of regurgitating around and more time for bacterial overgrowth. Yikes. I know. Okay, I'm, I don't know about you, but I'm feeling a little bloated and nauseous. <laughs> <laughs> I'm so used to not going in the morning that I I don't feel bloated and nauseous right yeah, now. But if I but if I poke it but if I poke at my belly, I could say yeah, it's a little bloated. So let's talk about some resolutions. Good, please, please. <laughs> um, first off, since you just talked about being poked, you know, massaging the belly oh. can be really wonderful mm -hmm. for just warming things up and getting things going, and also. I mean, I'm a yoga teacher, so I have this, you know, these things about the body, mind. But I, I honestly think that if we send love to yeah. the colon, to the digestive area while we're massaging it, it can make a big difference. Mm -hmm. I think that's a good idea. You reminded me when you said warming it up. I talked to a man one time. He had constipation. He was eating good food that was rich in fiber. He was drinking plenty of water. But where he lived was really cold. And one of the things that stool does while it's in the body is it holds heat in, you know? And so 
I said, what if when he would wake up in the morning, I said, get a hot water bottle and stay in bed with a hot water bottle on your belly for a little bit of time. And he said, that was it. That wow. just fixed it. He didn't have any problem because everything else, like when we, we'll probably talk about fiber rich foods and drinking enough water and all this, but that wasn't his problem. It was, he was too cold. How interesting. Yeah. So I like that idea of warming the belly up. Yeah. Um, do you talk at all about castor oil packs? That's been a big thing. We Some people talk like. about that. Yeah. A castor oil pack is, is just a cloth that's saturated in castor oil and you put it on the belly and put a hot water bottle on top of it, bring in some of that good love, good love for the abdomen. And a lot of people have good results with that for helping with elimination too. Yeah. If it's, if it's too messy for you, you can put like a plastic, cut a plastic bag over the mm -hmm. uh, cloth and then put the hot water bottle or the heating pad right, right. on top of that. Um, yeah. And yeah uh, castor oil is lovely for yeah. that sort of thing. Yeah. So mm -hmm. there we go. Um, obviously water, eight to 10 glasses a day. Are you one of those? Well, the, generally what I'll say is like a half ounce of water for each pound of weight. But the water could be in soup, could be in juice, it could be in anything that's not a diuretic. So if you have a really soupy meal, that could be your whole cup of water. Or if I have a cup of tea, as long as it doesn't have a diuretic herb in it, then it's going to be a whole cup of water. So I can look at it a little bit broader. So if you weighed like 150 pounds, then it would be 75 ounces, which is sounds like a lot. It's about two quarts, give or take. And then if I think about a little more than two quarts, and then I'm going to add in to say, oh, I had it in my soup. That looks like a cup of water there. I had an orange. That's going to be a half cup of water, you know, so you can make it work. Yeah. Also, you know, the hypothalamus is what regulates our desire to drink. And if we're not drinking enough, it just kind of shuts down. It stops demanding. I learned this in my anatomy class. Wow. And um, if, on the other hand, we are drinking enough, then it kind of gets back into motion and we drink more. So... Mm -hmm. Uh, you know, it's a vicious cycle or it's a helpful cycle. You get to decide. Yeah. Well, it's so funny. I remember hearing this from people who were into sports living in the high desert and they were into sports and they always said, if you wait till you're thirsty, it's too late. You know, now you're trying to put money in down a deep hole. So having those sips of water as you go through the day, maybe you don't feel thirsty, but you stop and make it a point to drink water regularly throughout the day. Yeah, just frequent sips. I find mm -hmm. if it's around, I drink it more, and I make sure there's a water bottle in the car when I'm driving within mm -hmm. reach. You know, little things like that. Mm -hmm. yeah. See, and I always think that's a great idea. <laughs> and I forget it. It's like, where's my water bottle? Oh, it's on the counter at home. What am I going to do? <laughs> oh, well, it was a good idea. Yep. <laughs> okay, exercise. We talked about mm -hmm. walking. Um, mm -hmm. Yoga. So if you can just imagine taking your legs one way and your torso the other, what is happening in the gut region. Oh, there's a twist. There's a twist. And if you can exhale and draw the navel way in toward the spine, you're giving that gut area a pretty good workout. So twists are really great for constipation. Would you do it both directions or is one direction better than the other for elimination? I don't know the answer to that, but in yoga you always twist, uh, you always do something mm -hmm. on one side and then again on the other. And then would I hold it for a time? Should I breathe in here? Yeah, would, would yeah I would hold it for four or five breaths. And um, on the inhale, you don't really need to be trying to move. You just kind of relax. But on the exhale, drawing the navel in. And if your body allows, never force, twist a little bit more. Okay. I think that's doable. And I do that sitting in a chair. You can sit in a chair. You can lie on the floor and, and do a reclined twist. Mm-hmm. 
Now, if I did a recline twist, sorry about this, I'm going to try to get, because I'm trying to get the visual image mm -hmm. of what's going on. So if I did a recline twist, I'm laying on the floor. You've got your I, arms out from your shoulders. My so arms are out. Position, you're going to bend, we're going to do a very simple twist, okay? So you're going to bend your knees and bring them up toward your chest, and then you're going to just gently take them over to the right. Okay. And if you want, you can rest your right hand over those knees, and also if you want, you can turn your left ear down toward the floor, and um, breathe. Okay. I like that. I like that. That seems really doable, and it's it works skeletal muscles, and it works smooth muscles, and it's going to get everybody in the mix. And you'll relax. I mean, relaxation, right. huge for constipation. Right, because when we're under stress, we're not going. I, I find that if I've got a lot to do in the morning, you know, if I'm on a deadline, and I've got to get in the car and be off, that, that uh, mm -hmm. constipation happens. Yes. Yes. <laughs> so one remedy is simply planning, you know, if, if you haven't gone for a day or two or three, um, plan to stay home for a morning right? and to drink liquids and mm -hmm. um, hot liquids, I find, make a big yeah. difference. This is what I used to tell people all the time was like, if you hadn't had a bowel movement, don't eat. Don't eat yet. And just keep drinking hot water, hot tea, something. It will start peristalsis and you will flush out the system. And then as soon as you have a bowel movement, that's when you can start to eat. But... I, it's gonna sound gross, and I might take this out if it sounds too gross. But I think about it like if your if your toilet was backed up, you wouldn't keep telling people go ahead and use it. <laughs> that's you a good know? point. And so it's like if I keep eating, I'm keep putting more and more stuff in that system that's not going anywhere. So saying, oh okay, I'm gonna wait till I have a bowel movement before I eat that next meal, that's gonna help me avoid indigestion. It's also gonna give me more impetus to get that stool moving. The peristalsis can work on the stool it's got instead of having to deal with the food now moving through the small intestine. That makes total sense. So I gotta, I gotta tell you Janae's great secret for yes. getting the bowels to move. Oh, I wanna hear it. Okay, it is drinking a, a glass of hot liquid, tea or something, and talking, having a, a, a long, wonderful conversation with a friend. I mean, after really? this podcast, I can almost guarantee you I will go and do my morning bowel movement. Really? Do you find, this is going to sound really funny, do you find there are places where if you step into them, it's like, oh, I have to go to the bathroom? For me, it's the library or a thrift store. And For I, me, it's grocery store shopping. <laughs> so it's like I step into a library, it's like, oh my goodness, where's their bathroom? And it's so funny. I don't know what it is, but it's not just one library because I've, I've got, we got three or four libraries in town, but it's at any one of them. Do you think that there's some sense of relaxation that happens? Because I find that when I'm grocery shopping, I just <laughs> relax. <laughs> And then all of a sudden, I need a bathroom. <laughs> That's so funny. But yeah, so maybe thinking about where's that place? Because it's the opposite of like when I travel and I can't go at all. Ugh. You know, it doesn't matter if I've got my own private bathroom. It's not going to happen while I'm traveling unless I get really relaxed. Yeah. Traveling mm. is difficult. Mm -hmm. Uh-huh. Yeah. Um, squatty potty. Oh, I love my squatty I potty. I love my squatty potty. <laughs> <laughs> What do you want to say about your squatty potty? What is a squatty potty? Well, a squatty potty is a device that you might use in the bathroom that allows you to create a posture that supports your body in its normal elimination. And what is the body's normal elimination well, posture? Well, first I want to talk about what it's not. Okay. I remember that we've got, you picture your toilet at home. It's probably like you're sitting at a chair or you're sitting at your desk or something and you're, you're upright and you got your back straight. And now think for a moment about the direction that the rectum is going. It's like it's got all this weight, it's going straight down, but it has all the weight of your abdomen on top of it. So nothing's gonna go anywhere. The harder you try to press the abdominal muscles, the more you're closing the rectum off and not supporting elimination. 
So now if you have an opportunity to go by a park with young children playing, <laughs> very young, like one to two years old, and then when they have to have a bowel movement, you'll see they stop where they are, they bend their knees a little bit, and they lean slightly forward. And they just, I remember this with my son, and he would just be like, oh yeah, he's, he's pooping. <laughs> That's what he's doing. Because it was just this total kind of relaxed pose, but it was with, everything was slightly bent. And so a squatty potty brings your knees up a little bit above your hips. And this takes the pressure off that rectum. It corrects it. It releases a muscle that's hooked up down there. And it just helps the body so that peristalsis isn't stopped by the weight of your abdomen or the angle that you're at. And it kind of mimics the squat. Yes. If you go to Eastern countries like India, I mean, almost all, unless it's particularly catered to the Westerner, um, the toilets are all squatters. Uh, you're just squatting right. over a fancy hole in the ground, and mm -hmm. sometimes they're not so fancy. Um, and so a squatty potty is, is mimicking that. It's basically squatting for the older person. Right. And I wonder if they don't have better hip joints and better knee joints as they age because of always, you know, a few times a day getting into that squat position, having to hold a sari up. <laughs> yeah, well, I remember being in Japan and waiting for a train there were no benches, but everybody was just squatting comfortably waiting for the train. Oh, wow. I mean, just, their, their muscles yeah. are so used to that position. Mm -hmm. And I think it's so good for the joints. But apart from the joints, the squatty potty is great for elimination. And I started off using um, a device that was called a squatty potty. And then when we had a new toilet installed, it was too, it was the wrong height. It didn't fit with this one. So my husband made one. And it's just basically a little ledge that's got an angle to where my feet go and it slides right underneath the toilet so it's out of the way. Right. Yeah. I used yoga blocks for a while, just mm -hmm. one foot on each block. Mm -hmm. And um, when my husband and I decided that this was an investment we wanted to make, we, we got online and bought an actual squatty potty and it's yeah. great. And then the other thing is, is I find myself when I travel, I look around and I grab the garbage can or I grab something that I can put under my feet because I still, I miss it. <laughs> If I don't have it. Yeah, I miss it when I'm in the downstairs bathroom. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> okay, so I know, um, well, let's talk about cellular. Sol oh, soluble fiber. Yes. That's magical for me. Butternut squash soup or, or sweet potato soup or things like that. Oatmeal is really great in soluble fiber. It creates a good moist stool. Mm -hmm. Have you found that with, with those kind of foods? No, not no. lately. <laughs> <laughs> well, I think this brings up a really good point that not every answer is right for every person. Like for me, it's like someone says they're constipated. I'm like, take butternut squash soup at night and drink water until you have a bowel movement in the morning because that's what works for me. But someone else might say, go out for a long walk. No, drink drink warm tea and talk to a, a long conversation. conversation and go grocery shopping. <laughs> <laughs> that's right, you can't lose. Um, okay, now I know Ayurveda is, shall we say, not really into coffee, but I, yeah. if I haven't gone and I want to make a bowel movement happen, I will make myself a nice strong morning cup of coffee. I'll have mm -hmm. my glass of water first, mm -hmm. um, and then I'll have a cup of coffee, and wow, it almost like 99% of the time works for me. Yeah, I, I wonder if it's because the nerves triggers the nervous system response, and that triggers the peristalsis. It's some kind of stimulant for uh -huh. sure, so perhaps right. it does. See, I'm not a coffee drinker, so I, I can't speak to that. But I do know I hear that at home from my husband all the time. All I do is smell the coffee, and i got to <laughs> run off to the bathroom. And um, But I know a number of people do that. I hear people with cigarettes as well, but I don't, again, I don't smoke. So it's like the, I don't know why that would have that action. But I know for cigarette smokers, lighting a cigarette will drop their blood pressure, and it could be that relaxation. 
That's exactly that what happens. I thought. One time I was camping and I was in the bathroom, actually constipated, as I recall, mm -hmm. and um, two little girls came in and one went into the stall and she needed to poop and she you know, made that clear to her friend. And, um, and she said, my grandma taught me how to poop. And she said, well, what, what do you mean? And she said, well, she told me, don't push hard. She told me to just relax and let it come. And I was sitting there in the stall next to her, just silently applauding her grandma and, yeah. and the fact that her grandma would teach her how to have a poop, you know? Yes. But it is true that relaxation is a huge component of it. I mean, straining mm -hmm. causes const uh, hemorrhoids. And diverticules. Yes. So mm -hmm. you mentioned, you know, cigarette smoking and the relaxation it brings. And mm -hmm. I think that you know, playing soft music and right. you know, doing what we need to do to, to be mindful as we perform mm -hmm. our toiletries can you be very helpful. You mentioned being in Japan. And I hear Japan has got amazing toilets that they had. Um, they have uh, toilets that are heated, and they have bidets built in, and they'll have, um, I don't know, just trying to bring you into that relaxed state. Uh, not in a cheap place I was staying. No, <laughs> this is probably high-end, high-end <laughs> Japan. <laughs> so, so I think that relaxation plays a really important role. That's kind of the opposite of what coffee's doing, but I think coffee's probably triggering a sympathetic, not a sympathetic, but triggering a peristaltic response. I'm pretty sure that's exactly what it is. Mm -hmm. In fact, my naturopathic doctor, um, I, I can't do lemon juice or citrus uh, in the morning or at all bad for my gut. So I asked her, well, what kind of warm drink should I have in the morning? She said, green tea. She said, that'll do two things. You know, it'll be great for your system and it'll help you poo. Huh. Yeah. Well, there you go. Yeah. Um, okay. And let's talk about a cup of smooth move tea or Swiss Chris or <laughs> okay. various other laxatives. Okay. See, those are those are kind of like the last ditch effort, right? Mm -hmm. When you get to the point where I haven't gone in two days and I need to go, then you might reach for one of those over-the-counter, either stool softener. Magnesium works great for that. But there's lots of other stool softeners that are out there. Um, and then the purgatives, the, the laxatives like Swiss Chris or like Senna. I like to limit those. You know, use them when you need them, need them, need them. But we're better off saying, what might be creating this? You know, is it something I can do? Could I change and have more soluble fiber in my diet? Could I drink more water? Could I be exercising more? And then it's kind of like when all else fails, reach for that. I agree. And the last resort, because the laxatives tend to irritate the gut. Right. And then it's not going to be on its best behavior even after it does its function. Right. One of the things I, I've heard is that it will create, uh, in some of them, not all of them, may create a dependency where you won't go unless the body recognizes that particular irritant, such as the senna that we get in smooth move tea. Or it's in Swiss Chris too. And so it's, I think they're good to have on hand if you're a person who tends towards constipation, but it's better to kind of figure out what am I doing that I could, what could I do to resolve this as opposed to what could I take to resolve this? Yes. So I love the massage. I mean, this is something I usually think is like, we, we all get sick, but we can have more fun getting well. <laughs> you know? Yeah, we can look at constipation that way too. Right, that we can do massage of the belly and I can make myself this yummy soup and I could drink more water or fluids during the day that I really like, you know, things that I could make it. And I could have that fun new purchase of a squatty potty. <laughs> so I got my knees up high. Yeah, squatty potties are awesome. Um, yeah, I think bottom line, relax know that this is a function uh even though mary might get mad when i say oh. it, this is kind of a natural process of having an older colon 
mm-hmm. <laughs> and um, it's just one of the things that that we get to work with but let's let's make it as fun as we can yeah and being gentle with ourselves I think too when we have an aging pet so we we have a pet when they're young and they're rambunctious and we have all this this fun with them and then as they age we start making concessions maybe we get a you know a ramp to get them so they can climb up onto the bed or get into the car we buy them special food we take special care of them and how different do we treat ourselves as we're aging let's take ourselves on as you know what what are some things i can do to nourish and nurture myself a little bit as as things change even though i i you know, I don't go gentle into that night. <laughs> I kind of rail against these changes, but at the same time, I can embrace, okay, how can I make this? How can I make this exercise something I really want to do, not, not some kind of chore? So hold your gut lovingly in your yes. thoughts and in your heart and, uh, you know, do be good to it. Yeah. Be good to it and it'll be good to you. Well, thank you, Janae. This has been enlightening, but I have to go now. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, me too. This is Janae Anderson. And Mary Thompson signing off.